The following audio is from Delta Church in Springfield, Illinois. Our purpose is to proclaim the gospel through the church to a world that needs Jesus Christ. We pray this sermon will aid and encourage your daily walk with Jesus. For more information about Delta, you can visit us online at deltachurch.net. The scripture this morning is from the book of Psalms, the very first chapter, Psalm 1. If you're using the Bible underneath your chair, it's on page 418. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's word. Psalm 1, beginning in verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. All right, if you're zero to, to teen, stand back up again. A little bit of a different service today, so stand back up. Come on, get on your feet, little ones. Move around a little bit, right? Lift your knees up, get the blood flowing here. I know it's been a little bit of a different, different day. Stick your arms out here, all right? Yeah, okay, get some blood moving. Okay, sit back down, all right? So this is your time now to pay attention. My hope is this. My hope is that uh, your mommies, your daddies, your grandmas and grandpas have been seeing what I've been posting on on Slack, and that they've been encouraging you that this morning, Pastor Jonathan has, has a special message for you from the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 1. And so what I'm going to do today is this. We're going to preach, a, I'm going to preach a little sermon to you here in a minute, but first I want to try to encourage you on ways that you can think about coming to church, sitting in service with all these other moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and all these other men and women what I want you to do is think of this. Whenever you have a Bible in front of you, whether it's your little kid's Bible, whether it's your mom and dad's Bible, I want you to think of this like a treasure chest, okay? Now, what do you do when you go and you try to find a treasure chest? What do you try to find inside the treasure chest? Treasure. What kinds of treasure? Gold, silver, coins, rubies, diamonds, all these sorts of things. If you were, let's say, an adventurer, you are a pirate, what do you want? You go out and say, I am going to find me some treasure today. What you can do is anytime you come to church and you sit in here on a Sunday morning, you can think of this. This time when Pastor Jonathan gets up to preach, it's this time. I'm in treasure hunt mode, okay? Now, where am I getting this from? I'm getting this from the Bible. If you look up on the screen, it's Psalm 19, verses 9 and 10. So if you'll throw that one up, notice what the psalmist says here. He says this, the rules of the Lord. That's just a fancy way to talk about the Bible, God's word. God's word is true and righteous altogether. Notice this phrase, God's word is more to be desired than gold, even much fine gold. So the psalmist is talking about your Bible like a treasure, like a fancy diamond that you can go, go and find. Or you see this next one, Psalm 119, verse 72, you see the same idea. It says this, the law of your mouth, that's another way of talking about God's word, is better to me 
than thousands of gold and silver pieces. So notice again, the Bible is talking about itself with the language of gold and silver. In other words, the Bible is saying, hey, I'm a piece of treasure and you should come and hunt after me. And here's the invitation. If you look at Proverbs 25, verse 2, notice what the writer of Proverbs says. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. Notice that little phrase that are search things out. What is this? That's the Bible giving you permission to be a treasure hunter. That's what it is. The Bible is saying, I'm giving you an invitation like a friend gives you an invitation to a birthday party. When your friend says, come to the party, there's a lot of good things that can be had here at this party. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a good time. The Bible is saying right here, there's an invitation. Come and search after this like a treasure, okay? But listen, when we gather with moms, when we gather with dads and grandmas and grandpas and friends on a Sunday morning, we come as treasure hunters, okay? We're here to get more treasure from God's Word. That's what Pastor Jonathan wants you to understand. Sometimes you may not be able to understand everything, you may not understand every word, but there are some treasures that you can get from every single Sunday morning, okay? And you, I'm giving you this help this morning because sometimes it can be hard to find a treasure, right? If you're a pirate trying to find a treasure or you're a treasure hunter, rarely does the treasure hunter just walk out his door and be like, oh, there's a giant treasure chest full of gems and rubies and diamonds sitting on my front step, and they just scoop it all up. Sometimes it's hard to find a treasure. You may not have the right tools to find the treasure, or someone may have never shown you how to go and hunt for treasure, and when something is hard or you don't have the right tool, you might be tempted to think this, little ones, ah, that treasure hunt time when Pastor Jonathan gets up, that's not for me. That's just for grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads. But what I want to do right now is try to show you that no matter how many words I say, no matter how many words you might not understand, there are always, from God's Word, at least two to three treasures every Sunday morning that you can hunt down and you can find, okay? I want to help you today. So when you were walking in today, you guys should have gotten some kind of journal, all right? So who has this journal in their, in their hand right now, okay? Does anyone have this journal? Raise it up in the air real big. Put it up under the sky there. Who has this kind of journal, okay? So if you have this kind of journal, if you remember on the inside of this journal here, there are spots for all these journals where you can write down treasures, where you can say, I hunted for a treasure when Pastor Jonathan was preaching, and I wrote it down. So for your journal, this uh, if you're using it this morning, you're always going to have something that you can draw and color in, a truth from God's Word. But if you turn the page, you'll have this big blank page, two of them. And if you're using this journal, you might need mom or dad to help you write down the treasure. But the idea is this page is right here. These are designed for you to write down the treasure that you find, okay? Now, one of you might have this one. Who's got, who's got this one right here? Who's got this? Raise it on up in the air. Good, 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 good. Several of you. Same kind of thing, right? It is a treasure hunting place, okay? So a little bit smaller here. I know you may not be able to see it, but if you open it up on this page right here where there's a key, right? It says key points. This is a place in your specific journal on every Sunday where you can come and you can write down the treasures that you find, all right? So there's some other activities or things in there 
questions that you have, words maybe that you don't understand, and there's also a place for you maybe to draw down, right, uh, draw some of the pictures of things that you're hearing. But this is your tool, all right? So when you come to church on Sunday, what do you need to have in your hand? You need to have the treasure chest known as your what? What is this? Your Bible. Have your treasure chest in hand. Also, have your special tool so you can go digging and discover some treasures, okay? So some of us might have this one. Who's got this one right here? Raise it on up. Some of us have this treasure tool in our hand, same kind of thing. This one's just a little bit more simple, but here on this side, it'll just say main points, and there's a way for you to write down main points and some notes of where you're going to find some of those treasures. But just know this, sometimes you forget some things. Have any of you boys or girls ever forgotten something before? Raise your hand if you've forgotten something before. Sometimes you might forget your treasure chest, your Bible, and sometimes you might forget your treasure hunting tool, your journal. So you just need to know this. If there's ever a Sunday when you come and you're like, ah, man, I forgot my journal, what you need to know is back there where we have all of the kids' supplies for you kiddos, there will always be some kind of sheet like this that says sermon notes. And one of the things you're going to do, I know you can't see it very well, but there's a picture of a treasure chest. And right here, you will always have somewhere to be able to write down the treasures that you hunted down, okay? All right. So what I want you to do now is notice this. Every Sunday when I get up to preach, like I said, there's always two to three treasures that you can find, all right? And I want you to think of, as I am explaining from God's Word, the slides that show up on the screen behind me, think of that like your treasure hunting field, okay? So while you're sitting there maybe eating your Cheerios or while you're sitting there drawing, there's always going to be treasures you can find up on the screen, the first treasure is a treasure that I always call the main idea, okay, the main idea. And I'm going to show you some slides here in a minute so you can see what I'm talking about. But there's the main idea treasure, and we're just going to call that the big treasure. Like if you hear nothing else that Pastor Jonathan says on a Sunday morning, you can always hear this. You can always see that there is a main idea, a big treasure to be found, okay? Then I usually have other slides that show up. They'll see something like point number one or point number two. And those are some little treasures that you can find, okay? So there's always one big treasure, and there's usually two, maybe three little treasures that you can find, all right? So when you come to church on Sunday, you're a Bible treasure hunter, and your job is to sit with mom and dad, sit with grandma and grandpa, and hunt for treasure, okay? So if you go up to this one right here, notice this. Here in a minute, I'm going to preach a sermon to you from Psalm 1. And what you're going to hear me say to you in a minute is this big treasure, that true happiness is found in God and His Word. This is the treasure that you can write down in your book. If your little one isn't to the place where they can write something down, mom and dad, this is your invitation to also be treasure hunters and to write something down for your kiddo. Maybe they can trace it out in their journal or whatever it might be, okay? Then go to the next slide, Brandon. You've got this one here. There's going to be point number one. Notice I put up there a little treasure. So the way that this works, kiddos, is if you see Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, what Pastor Jonathan is saying is you may not understand all of the words in those verses, but if you understand this idea that the happiness, there is happiness in a life that is soaked with God and his word, then you have just found a treasure from God's word, okay? If you go on to point number two, 
you're going to see that this is the second little treasure that you can find today from verses 4 through 6. Okay, so we're going to hit pause. Now imagine that I'm about to preach a sermon to you, okay? So we just got done singing songs. You just sat down. Pastor Jonathan has come up. And what do I usually do? I usually say something like this. We're going to pause. We're going to pray. And then I start preaching the sermon. Does this all sound familiar to you? Yeah? Your job, when I get done praying, is you're going into what kind of mode? Treasure hunt mode. And you're going to see there's going to be some slides up on the screen behind me. And your job is to find the big treasure. And I'm telling you today, there's two little treasures for you to find up on the slides this morning, okay? So I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to hear what God has to say to us from Psalm 1. And this is my sermon to you kiddos this morning about what it means to walk the pathway of happiness, seeking God and seeking his word, okay? So let's pause and let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you use me to lead these little ones, aunts, moms and dads, and grandmas and grandpas, to see that from your word, there is a way to be genuinely happy. To be happy, not in the things of this world, but to be happy in God and be happy in God's word. Lord, would you help me to say these things clearly. Would you help these little ones, these little boys and girls, would you give them ears to hear clearly? Would you give them eyes to see Jesus, eyes to discover the big treasure and the little treasures from your word? Would you help them to see that this is something they can do every Sunday when they gather with their Jesus family? It's in your name I pray. Amen. All right, so this is the preaching of the sermon time, okay? So I have a question for you. Sometimes people will ask this question about being happy. And what they will ask is this question, how can I be happy? Does anyone here, toddlers, teens, anyone here want to be happy? Raise your hand. Yeah. Does anyone here like being sad? No. Usually we don't like to be sad. We want to be happy. And so a lot of people will ask the question, how can I be happy? If you were to go and ask your friends, if you were to ask your mom and your dad, how can I be happy? Or if you were to ask them, mom, dad, friends, how do you try to be happy? You should be prepared to hear all different kinds of answers because people try to make themselves happy in all kinds of ways. For many, they believe that they will be happy if they can just get more of something. If they can get more clothes, or if they can get more toys, or they can get more stuffed animals, or if they can get more games, or if they can get more money and get more stuff, they think this, if I can just get some more, I'll be happy. But who here just celebrated Christmas a couple of weeks ago? Did anyone celebrate Christmas? Did you guys get presents underneath the Christmas tree? Did you get more stuff? Yeah? Does that stuff make you happy for a little bit? Yeah, but will it make you happy forever? No, it can't. It can't make you happy forever. It's comforting to know that in the Bible, God answers many of our questions. Even questions like that we ask, how can I be happy? We have answers in the Bible. And guess what Psalm 1 is? Psalm chapter 1 in your Bible is God's answer to the question, how can I be happy? 
God's answer to you is this, little boys, little girls, that true happiness is found in God and His Word. True happiness is found in God and His Word. That is the main idea. That's the big treasure from Psalm 1. True happiness is found in God and His Word. Now, to help you understand this truth, the psalmist uses his words to give you a picture, right? So the psalmist is telling you, little boys, little girls, the way to be happy is by remembering your happiness can only be found in God, and the way you get more of God is by going to God's Word. It's like listening to God speak to you during this time when your Jesus family gathers together. But he's going to help you, and he's going to give you a picture, and he's going to paint a picture with his words. He says this, imagine going on a walk with your family. Do any of you guys ever go and take walks with your family, maybe out in the neighborhood or up and down sidewalks, okay? Maybe out in the woods or with your grandma and grandpa. He says, imagine this, think in your mind about going on a walk. So there you are, you're walking. You start walking and you come to a fork in the sidewalk. So you have a decision to make. I can't just keep going straight. I either have to go left down one path or I have to go right down another path. And he says, listen, there's only two paths you can take, and you have to make a decision. You either have to go down one path, or you have to go down another path. And you have to go and ask yourself the question, well, which path am I going to walk on? You have to make a decision. Which path am I going to choose? Whether you're an adult, you can ask your mom or dad about this, or whether you are as a little child, every day you wake up, there is a decision that everyone has to make in everyday life. And it's this decision, which path will I walk on? There's only two ways to live, and everyone has to ask the question, will I walk the path of God and His Word, or will I choose to walk the other path where I avoid God and I avoid His Word? Pathway number one is described in verses one through three. Here comes your first little treasure the happiness of a life that is soaked up with God and His Word. Notice that the psalmist talks about a person who is blessed. The word behind blessed is a word that's happy. We can be happy boys and happy girls, but our happiness comes from God and His Word, okay? So I want you to listen to me, and this is something that Pastor Jonathan wants you to learn, that as you grow up, you might be little boys, little girls now, maybe you're not so little, but maybe you're still like in your preteens or your teens. As you continue to grow up, you are going to receive endless invitations from people around you to listen to and follow everyone but God. You guys understand this? There's always going to be people in your life who are going to look at you and say, don't do what God says. Don't listen to what God has to say. Don't go to church. Don't love Jesus. Don't read your Bible. Don't listen to Him. You're always going to have invitations to come and walk in the advice of the wicked, to stand in the pathway of sinners, verse 1, or sit in the company of mockers. There will always be plenty of boys and girls who think that sinning is really fun, that following God is very dumb, and they will want you to go and act and believe like them. The advice that they give you is going to have nothing to do with God's Word. The direction of their life will be away from God, and the friends they enjoy will think and act like them, and they're always going to say, come, be like us, come, and act like us, come, and say the things we say and believe the things we say. But I want you to hear what God has to say to you. 
God has a word for you from Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. And notice what it says there. It says, the happy girl and the happy boy, or you could say the girl and the boy that enjoy God's blessing. Blessed is the man there in verse 1. Well, where does this happiness come from according to verse 1? It's the one who says this, I will not walk this path away from God. I will not walk this path away from His Word. I will be different. I will not just go with the flow. I will not let the world squeeze me into its mold. The girl and the boy walking the pathway of God's blessing knows where real happiness is found. It's found in following God and following His Word. You notice in the little treasure there, I use that language of that happiness that can be found as being soaked with God and His Word. Has anyone ever had like a water gun fight before? Yeah, raise your hands, water gun fight. Or maybe think about the times when you go to the swimming pool in the summertime when it's really hot. Guess what you want to do? You want to be soaked with water, don't you? You start off dry, but then whether through the water gun or whether through the swimming pool, you're just drenched wet from head to toe. That's what the psalmist is saying. To love God, pursue God, hear His Word. It's like getting wet with the water of God's Word. That's where genuine happiness is found. Verse 2 says this, the happy boy, the happy girl, their delight is in the Lord's instruction, and they meditate or they think on it day and night. Their pleasure is found in hunting the treasure of God's Word. Their joy is found in getting up on a Sunday morning and saying, man, I get to go to church today, and this is a good thing. I get to go and be with my friends today. This is a joyful thing, but I also get to go and sing songs to Jesus, and this is an awesome thing, and I get to hear God's Word being taught. This is a great thing. I get to watch my daddy and my mommy worship Jesus. This is a phenomenal thing. I get to watch grandma and grandpa pray with one another. This is a great thing. I, I love this. I want this. My delight and my joy is found in this. The psalmist is saying, this is a good thing for you to want this, to find delight in these things. It's good for you to want to think on God's word. And look at verse 3. Do you notice what the result is in verse 3? The psalmist says, When you soak your life with God and when you soak your life with the Word of God, you will begin to grow like a tree. Your life will be like a tree. When you plant a tree into the ground, what begins to grow underground unseen? What are they called? Roots. And it's those roots, says the psalmist, that will sink down into the ground and begin to soak up all the different water. And then because that tree's roots are sinking down in the ground and soaking up all that water, guess what begins to grow on the tree? Fruit. So you get to see things like maybe acorns and nuts, or if it's a fruit tree, you begin to see things like apples and pears in that life. Well, are those apples and those pears just magically appearing out of nowhere? Well, no, it's because those roots are sunk way down into something that is giving this tree life, and the fruit of that tree is evidence that it's alive and it's growing and it's maturing. What the psalmist is saying to you, little ones, is this, that your life can be like that tree. When a strong storm comes and it begins to rock and hit, sometimes your life is going to be hard, 
Sometimes you're going to go through trials. Sometimes you might find out that grandma and grandpa have cancer. Sometimes you might find out that your best friend has just died. Sometimes you might find out that we have to move away because daddy lost his job. Sometimes you find out that I have to leave my friends in school because we need to move to the next town. Sometimes your sister or your brother might say something hard to you that hurts your feelings. Your life is going to have hard, hurtful things that happen to it. But the promise of Psalm 1 is this. Because your roots of your life, your heart, your mind are sunk down deep into God and His Word, no matter how hard the trials smack against your life, you can remain rooted in God. That's a promise from Psalm 1 there, okay? So now notice that the pathway of happiness... That's one pathway, but is there another pathway in the psalm? There is. And that pathway is described in verses 4 through 6. So here's your second little treasure. It's point number 2. Verses 4 through 6 describe the sadness of a life that ignores God and His Word. So here's the decision for you, little ones. It's this, to get up every single day and say, Will I go the path of following God and His Word today oh, and know the happiness that can come and only be found in God and His Word, or will I today walk the path of ignoring God and His Word, but also know the sadness that comes from ignoring God and His Word? You see, the opposite of being like a strong tree with its big roots sunk deep down into God is being like what the psalmist says here, like chaff that blows the wind or that blows away in the wind. Chaff is a funny word. It just is a word that means dust. So the psalmist is saying, if you can picture in your mind a big giant tree with big roots sunk down into, down into the dirt so that when a big like, tornado storm comes and it smashes against the tree but the storm moves away and the tree is still standing up, that's one way your life can look. Or your life can look like a piece of dust so that when the trials and the hardness and the difficulties of life come and smack into you, your life could though look like a piece of dust just being blown around all over the place. The tree life is found from soaking your life in God and His Word. The dust life is found in ignoring God and His Word. That's the picture. This is the sadness of a life that ignores God and His Word. When someone says, this is the path I want my life to look like. I want my life to follow the advice of the wicked. I want my life to follow the direction of sin. I want to belong among people who are godless and faithless. There will be an unavoidable sadness. If not now in this life, then for sure for all eternity, if we ignore God and His Word. That's what verses 5 and 6 mean when they say this, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Sinners will not stand in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. There are consequences to saying as a little boy or a little girl, I'm not going to follow God. I don't want God and I don't want His Word because I don't want His Word because I don't want God. There's, there's eternal consequences to these things. You see, what Psalm 1 wants you to ask, little ones, is this. Which path am I on? 
even as a little one, you can ask yourself this question, or maybe you should go home and talk to your mom and your daddy about this question. Can you help me understand which path I'm on? Am I on the path that's pursuing God and His Word, or am I on a path that's ignoring God and His Word? Am I on the pathway of the wicked, or am I on the pathway of the righteous? You may not understand the word righteous. It's a big, big word, but it's just a word that means this. Am I on the path that's making work to where I am right with God? To be righteous before God is to be right with God. And maybe you just ask your mommy and daddy that question. Am I right with God? How can I be right with God? See, the Bible says that you can know that you are on the pathway of the righteous. In other words, the Bible says this, you can know you are right with God if you have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus says this, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So here's the, here's the last picture, and then Pastor Jonathan is done. Imagine that you're a little one, and you're walking through life, and you're, you're standing at an intersection. And you have two pathways before you. I'm either the pathway of the wicked, which says, I want to ignore God and I want to ignore his word. Or it's the pathway of the righteous, the pathway of the man, the woman, the boy, the girl that is right with God. And that's the path that leads to eternal life. But the picture the Bible gives is there's a big giant door at the beginning of that pathway. And who is the beginning of that pathway? Who is the door that we must enter through in order to be on the pathway to where I know I'm right with God? Jesus says, I'm that door. If you enter through me and you place your trust in me, then you will be saved. You will be right with God. And then having been made right with God, guess what? You get to wake up in the morning and say, I want more of God, which means I want more of his word so that I can continue to walk the pathway of happiness. All right? So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you uh, can speak to us in a, in a multitude of ways. Thank you that you do in our hearts and minds uh, things that we may not always understand. You help us to understand words and understand ideas. Lord, would you take the truths that were spoken today from Psalm 1 and would you make them plain and true to us so that we, even little boys and girls, can understand these things. It's in your name, I pray, amen. Hold on, brother. So what, what I want to do now is, as we just land the plane here, what I want you to do is this. If you're a little kid, stick both your hands up, or toddler to teen, you can put your hands up like this. I want you to go like this, pointer finger, and I want you to put them inside your ears real quick, all right? Because I'm going to say something to your mommies and your daddies, or your grandmas and grandpas right now, Okay. Here's what we're going to do. My hope is that you guys understood that what I was saying to the kiddos wasn't just for the kiddos. Do you guys understand this? That the big treasure on the screen and the little treasures is not just for the kids. It's also for you guys as well. We, even as really big kids, really big boys and really big girls, sometimes need help in knowing how to listen to a sermon. And so my hope is that you glean something from this as well. But what I want to do right now is just model something for you real quick with your kids so that what Brian talked about from Deuteronomy 6, you can Deuteronomy 6 with your kiddos. Here's the deal, moms and dads. You and I can be our own worst enemies sometimes when it comes to these things. Do you understand what I mean by that? 
where we hear like the things that Amanda and Brian were saying, you hear the things that I'm saying, and you're like, there is no way I can do this. Pastor Jonathan, all these sort of, it's like, no, 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 like don't, don't be your own, own worst enemy here. Like it could be as simple as this, in the van on the way to grab some Mickey D's after church on Sunday. It could look like this. All right, who here found the big treasure on the screen up there? Raise your hand if you found the big, the big treasure on the screen. Come on. Did anyone find the big treasure on the screen? Okay. How many of you were able to write, write down the big treasure in, in your treasure hunting book? Were you able to write it down? If you needed help from mom or dad, okay, so that's all right. So who can tell me what the big treasure was today? Raise your hand if you want to repeat back to me what you wrote down in your book. Does anybody want to do it? Stand up, honey. Say it real loud, okay? True happiness is found in God and his word. Excellent treasure hunting skills there. Beautiful. All right. Did anyone discover the two little treasures that we had? There was tr little treasure one and little treasure two. Who found little treasure one? Raise your hand up on the screen. Anybody find little treasure one? Okay. Does anybody want to read out what little treasure one was? Want to be brave? Elliot's raising his hand, which I'm, I'm assuming means you, dad, are going to have to be the one <laughs> reading little treasure one. Did you find it? Okay. Hey, I love it. Does anybody want to add to what little treasure one was? It had the word soaked in it. Absolutely. Did anybody find little treasure number two? Yeah. Who wants to read little treasure number two? I see a hand way in the back back there. You're going to have to say it really loud, my man. Little treasure number two. Yep, keep going. The sadness of a life that ignores God and his word. Excellent. And then, so there you go. Good job. So, so notice so far, mom and dad, you've done like zero teaching. All you're doing is just asking questions and you're discovering that your kids were actually paying attention despite you nudging them and screaming at them and they were blowing Cheerios all over the joint and these sorts of things. You're discovering that they were paying attention. But then mom and dad, it could just be this. Ask this question and I'm going to apply it to the sermon this, this morning. Ask your kid this question. What does it mean that true happiness is found in God and his word? And then just be quiet. Shove some Mickey D's fries in your face, sip on a Coke, and then just let them try to explain. Or maybe they're like, I don't know what Pastor John meant by the word happiness. I don't know how to be right with God. And all you've done is just taken five, maybe ten minutes. This isn't like a three-hour, right? You're not flannel boards and flannel graphs, and you're not doing all the stuff. Just take a couple of minutes and get into the rhythm of just asking your kiddos, hey, did you find the big treasure? Did you find any of the little treasures? What do you think it means when the big treasure from God's word said this? Ten minutes later, conversation is done. But guess what? According to Brian Hubert, if you do that 952 times over the course of 18 years, guess what begins to happen? Your little ones will begin to learn how to grow, listen to God's word, apply God's word, talk about God's word, understand God's word, not for the sake of just God's word, but because if we get more of God's word, who do we get more of? We get more of God.
all right? I love you guys. Today is a very different Sunday. My hope is that in the midst of all of this, there was one thing you're like, that was encouraging to me. If you're like, that created, yeah, there was one thing that was encouraging, but now I have 999 more questions about what this could look like and what this means. Will you please come and ask? Will you please come and ask the elders or ask any of the children's ministry leaders so that we can help you? Yeah, does that make sense? Okay, let's pray this morning and then we'll close out by worshiping our God, okay? Lord Jesus, thank you for doing, again, all that you can do. You can take simple things like what we did this morning and you can... Help us to understand them and apply them. Lord, growth is often slow. Growth often takes place in those mostly overlooked drives over McDonald's fries after a Sunday morning service. But that's where growth is found. That's where grace comes to be tasted and seen. That's where we come to see and know Jesus more and more. So Lord, would you help us to not grow weary of doing the good work of training up our children and pointing them to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, if anything in our lives screams, you need help, this is it. So Lord, would you help us to not just bootstrap and buckle down and just go in that way, but would you help us to lean on you in your everlasting arms. Christ the King, it's in your name I pray these things. Amen.